everybody, this is Lori, and I am the founder and CEO of Inclusivity, and we are all about justice and kindness and sustainable fashion. And right now we are working with artists from around the country and actually around the world on Artists Who Share, which is an auction raising money for coronavirus recovery and also recovery after the murder of George Floyd. And so we are incredibly fortunate today on our podcast, Inclusiva Talks, to have Don, Don, not Don, Don Carlson Khan, who is an amazing textile artist and friend. And so she is contributing to the auction, has created a beautiful panel for us. And so I just want to ask Don a bunch of questions and have us learn about her. Don, thank you for being here. Very welcome. So I just want to start, Don, if you can tell us so sort of the path to where you are now your your i think your um email is called to create and so i'd like to know a little bit more about where that came from and how you got to where you are now well i i truly am called to create i um in the early 90s um i did a midlife wandering through seminary and in uh, 1994 after having taken old testament for the whole year my dear professor, um, who I now call my godmother, um, asked us to do a project or a paper instead of a final test. As she said the words, my right brain just tipped over and I saw the Old Testament as a spiral from the moment of creation to the diaspora. And so I created that piece with fabric. It was the first time I had ever put textiles and theology together. Called Covenant, and it traces the evolving covenants of God and the people of Israel. And that's when I realized I was called to create in a spiritual way, and I do work with communities of faith. That, that's really interesting. That's a, a, a really interesting path to your art and to your creation. Um, tell us what the word diaspora means, because I suspect some of us don't know. Um, could could you, I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, can you tell us what you said you, it was from creation to the diaspora? What is diaspora. that? Diaspora. So, so it went from creation to the flood and the covenant with Noah to the um, Abrahamic covenant. I will make of your generations as many as the stars in the sky to the Davidic covenant to the, um, am I getting them in the right order? No, the, the, um, the, uh, Exodus, and then the Davidic covenant, and then the fall of the temple and the diaspora, people going to other lands and serving other things. Okay, all right. So Dawn, before all of this happened, I wanna ask you more about how that's evolved and, and where you are now with your art, but before all of that happened when you were younger, have you always had a creative spirit? Have you always been engaging in art? Or was that really brand new? Um, I mostly sewed um sewed things for my daughters to save money i knitted and crocheted and um and never considered myself an artist for years i would pretty much for many years and still today i just refer to myself as liturgical artist one who makes meaning oh i like that so tell us about a little bit about that process because i i like that you know, one who makes meaning. I love that label. So tell us about that creative process for you. 
Well, for instance, when I make stoles for clergy, I especially like making um, ordination stoles. And when I meet with them, um, I ask them about their uh, journey through seminary, um, what they want to say theologically, and then how to say it. And then after I've created it, I commission them to share the meaning of what they chose to say with adults and children. Because we often know that um, when a pastor or anyone is giving a children's sermon, it speaks as much to the adults as to the children. So I try to convey what we call visual theology and try to help people be aware of seeing visual theology in their everyday lives. Um, so I start with meaning and often, usually beauty comes from it, but I start from a place of meaning, not from a place of I'm going to try to create something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it usually works, especially when people put ideas together and we, we come up with ideas in community. When you decided in seminary to take on this, this um, art-related form of ministry, was that a new thing? Because I, I don't know that I've ever seen that before. So was that sort of a new creation? Was that something unusual? For me to create the covenant piece? No, to actually take your ministry in this direction. I'm sorry, um, to, to become an art, art ministry, basically. Okay. Is that an unusual yeah. When I started seminary, I knew that God did not want me in the pulpit every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for an alternative ministry. And um, so instead of being ordained, mm -hmm. I am a commissioned minister of liturgical art, which means that's my specialty. Right. And that's what my calling is about. And is that a common? Are there very many ministers taking that path? No. Okay. At least not not um, not in the state of Minnesota. And for instance, commissioned ministers are often educators or spiritual directors mm -hmm. or musicians. And I mean, a lot of other people use art in ministry. Sure. Um, and I think it's becoming more so all the time. Well, it's such a wonderful way to express ourselves and to see um, creation. It is. And so I try to get communities to express themselves together. Mm -hmm. um, as, uh, as you have seen, the communion cloth at our church was created several years ago on World Communion Sunday. And I set up tables with fabric taped to them in the uh, fellowship hall of our church. And we worshiped there and painted fabric for the communion cloth during worship in meaningful and playful ways as a community and um, I had no idea what we were going to do with the fabric that was created but we made a beautiful communion cloth for up in the sanctuary and then table runners for that fellowship um, down in the fellowship hall as we eat together and uh, to tie those two things together but it was all all created in community people helped me sew it people helped me design it mm -hmm. and it had a wonderful wonderful outcome yeah, that's beautiful. Because I didn't do it alone. Great. So Dawn, what did you do before you went to seminary? What did I do before I went to seminary? 
I was a um, teacher for a very short time. I married a Navy pilot. And so we moved 10 times in 12 years. And I was very busy um, doing that. <laughs> and uh, we had our own business for a short time. And um, well, for 10 years. And I was a bookkeeper. And I um, continued bookkeeping um, to help get through seminary and people often laugh at the fact that I can be so right-brained and so left-brained, mm -hmm. um, but it's worked out well. And I look at art as problem solving, just like um, balancing a checkbook is problem solving. So is art. And I enjoy the challenge. So people have all sorts of different ways that they come to ministry and whether it's ministry in the church or just finding their path to serving others in whatever way that is. How did you choose to go to seminary? What was sort of that, that path for you? Um, well, I had been to Israel the year before, and I've always been a caring and sharing person. And so I was thinking of being a chaplain. Um, and then this art popped up, and I chose to go that direction instead of the other road. Though I must say, um, there's a lot of um, of caring uh, and helping people understand themselves through art. So I really have gotten the best of both worlds. I like that a lot. So um, right now, as part of your art, what what kinds of things do you um, look to create? What, what are the things that, that are really pulling, kind of pulling you right now to create? Well, during the, this COVID time, I have created over 350 masks to share with others. And um, nice. I need to be moving into a series of um, pastoral stoles that aren't custom stoles, but just ones that I have collected fabric from uh, all over the world. Uh, for them, and I need to move into that. But um, for instance, last year at this time, I had just finished a project with a Presbyterian church in St. Paul, and I did acrylic pouring with the whole congregation, 100 people, um, and then cut up those pieces and made it into a wall, um, wall art, a four by four foot piece for them, and, and just like the communion cloth, it, everybody could find themselves in the, larger, in the larger piece, and that's what communities are. And if there was ever a time that we needed to feel like we belong to something larger, it is certainly now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. So Dawn, what are your other interests besides creating and being doing your ministry um, my other thing. interests yeah. um i am very active at our church um as you know we have a um small art gallery at church and so i enjoy helping other people um feel like artists um or i mean they are and uh some of them have been very timid about showing their art and have the, the gallery has had wonderful, wonderful outcomes. Um, I believe that everyone is called to create, mm -hmm. uh, whether it is creating friendships or, 
organizing a garage or um, getting a social movement going. We are all called to create something. And so we are all artists. And I, I like to be very careful with the language that's used because it can be so divisive uh, when it shouldn't when it shouldn't be. Um, so um, my husband and I um, like to travel. We are at our lake place. Um, I love to have people up here. Just had a quilting retreat here and um, uh, enjoy the bell choir at church uh, and, and uh, enriching friendships. Yeah. They, are, they are all gifts. So um, my main passion is creating, um, however. I was going to say. In Brooklyn Park and... I love working there alone or having others in for projects and play. So those, those are my passions. Well, and from what you've said, creating friendships is a part of creating as well. So I would argue that all of your passions have to do with creating a better world, creating friendships, creating art, creating messages and meaning. So I think that that makes sense. So I would like to, I'm going to take a pause now because I'd like to get your panel that you created for us because I'd like to show it. And then I would like um, you to just tell us a little bit about the creation of the panel. How oh, you okay. So I'll be right back. Yeah, so um, one of the things about art is that often we are invited into it. You invited me to make something um, for this auction and I hadn't done this particular process for years. It's something I came up with on my own eight or nine years ago when I was doing a uh, mentorship with the Textile Center of Minnesota. And I can't remember what went through my mind, but I started stitching um, spirals on white fabric with white thread. And then I painted from the center out, uh, going dark to light or going light to dark and then cut them up and reorganize them and it just it was something I did all on my own I didn't get it out of a book and it just felt very sacred because of it I love spirals um they're imperfect mm -hmm. and what I enjoy creating are things that are um textural because of the imperfection. So mm -hmm. I on purpose don't make purple spirals. Sometimes as I stitch those pieces, I was reminded of wood grain um, and, uh, and, and snails. And um, though it's, though it's uh, on polyester satin and, and paint, it still has that feeling of nature. Mm -hmm. um, and I am very attracted to the flow and movement of line and color. To me, spirit just infuses anything uh, that is a curved line or shaded color. And that's, that's, what, um, that's what appeals to me. And I enjoy the whole process. I, I just want to say... Stitching and the painting. So what I want to say is that when I got this, um, what I felt was hope. What I felt was a sense of calm. Um, it, it feels to me like moving forward. And I think that right now we are in a minute of um, intense pain and a need for change and a need for um, 
a revamping of systems or uh, a reordering of systems that are not working and that are harmful to people that we care about and people who are neighbors and around the world. But I also think that we have to have this sense of hope that in fact, we can do that and that we should do that. And I think for me, the auction feels like that all the time, but this, when I saw it, that is what it said to me was, yes, we have work to do. We have an awful lot of work to do. And it's clear to me, this was a lot of work. And so for me, it very much symbolizes that sense of we have a lot of work to do, but we can, and there's hope and bright and light and color as we move forward with it. So I hope that that represents. Yes, thank you. Um, I worked on it during the George uh, Foreman week, and um, I wanted to do something joyful, and it was so hard it was so hard to do something joyful, but I named it in the midst. And so thank you for your comments. Um, it, it is in the midst and actually the spiral is always continuing. So our efforts to move forward in this world uh, shall continue. Yeah. And it's a lovely memorial to George Floyd. I think the more that we can said George as, Foreman and I meant George Floyd. I, I knew you did. Um, because I was nervous, yes. <laughs> I totally understand. But I think the beauty of this is that it's a beautiful tribute. That that he was he was in your heart and and his murder was in your heart and, and it was compelling you and making it difficult. But through that, you still created something exceptionally beautiful that for me helped me when I saw it. So I felt better when I saw it. it. It made me feel more hopeful. So thank you for that. And also beautiful ministry. And what a, isn't that what ministry is called to do? So Dawn. Yes. If you were going to give a piece of advice to someone who's coming up, who um, is, you know, maybe thinking about kind of following in your footsteps, has a creative spirit, but also a sense of wanting to help others, what would you say? I would say um, work through, if you have perfection paralysis like I do, where I won't start something because I know it won't be perfect, try to work through that. Try to work through that. Try to balance work with play. Because mm -hmm. I find that um, when I try to be playful, sometimes the best things happen. So work through the, work through the um, resistance. And... Um, and affirm yourself for doing that, even if the results aren't what you want in the beginning. I think that's wonderful advice because results often aren't what you want when you're creating. Sometimes they're perfect and wonderful and just what you were looking for, but sometimes they're not. Right. I used so, to belong to a art, um, fiber artist study group and we often talked about how sometimes what we thought was an error led us to something far better. And um, that was an incredible group of women that supported each other in their art. And I was very blessed to be a part of it. That's, that's uh, support is wonderful in that way. So Dawn, if you were describing at your heart and in, in, at your core, what matters to you and what moves you forward and sort of your life philosophy or the way you try to think about your days, what would, what would that be for you? What's the, what's the core of you? 
I would say relationship. Mm -hmm. um, my art is often, it relates um, to the context or whatever. And um, relationship is at the heart of, of so much um, of our stories, of our um, inspirations. Um, so I would say relationship uh, with people and with art is my 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 core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dawn, I, I want to ask you to tell us a story about your life. But before I do that, I just want to ask: Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about? Um. No, I think I think I I hit all the main things. I I just want people to remember that we are all called to create, and we are all artists of something. Wonderful. So the last question I always ask people is: if you just look back over your life and think of a story about your life that means something to you, and it doesn't have to be the big story. It doesn't have to be you know how everything came to be. It really could be one person told a story about frying an egg trying to fry an egg on the sidewalk when they were a child. So it really can be anything. Other people have talked about sort of spiritual awakenings, but whatever story pops into your head, I think is the story that, that we want to hear. So do you have a story for us? Um, I would say that um, for me, art is healing. And um, when my husband and I had a, a, a loss back in the... Um, 90s I created a psalm of lament it was about five feet circular and working through the stages of the psalm of lament see I'm always in a spiral aren't I and um and working through the um lament stages uh of grief from the older testament I I helped heal myself and it's sort of like when you get married the relationship isn't perfect. It, it's a commitment to work on it over the years. Mm -hmm. And in grieving, um, as long as you hold it and understand what it's all about. When I finished this piece, I wasn't done with my grieving, but it gave me a path to understand how I would, I would work through it in the uh, days and years to come. And so that was, that was what came to my mind is that, um, Art is is healing, and um, and I have um, put a lot of the happy and the sad into into my work, and I think that we all do that in different ways in our lives. And can you explain a little bit more about how you created that piece? Because I'm interested in I'm interested in that piece. I I literally. Um, put out a sheet and started with the, um, and I can't remember all the stages right now, but I worked from the inside out, the different mm -hmm. stages, and I never knew what the next stage was going to look like until I was almost done with the previous one. And I have learned to trust myself when I'm working mm -hmm. on something that the answer will come. And I have learned to trust myself that it will come. And I remember my husband and I were sitting out in the porch and I was telling him how, how it was going. And he said, but you haven't mentioned the color green. And I said, what about the color green? And he said, the growth. 
And so in the last um, layer, last circle, <clears throat> I included green, along with <clears throat> my favorite happiness color, resurrection yellow, mm -hmm. and oranges, and some of the bright colors that are in the piece I made for you. Yeah. And um, so um, that was just, that was a big learning for me. Um, that um, the answers will come. I love that. And it, it sounds like a way to help heal yourself. And you just knew that that was for you, the path to do that. Absolutely. And I've shared this um, at different churches um, for adult eds. And people have written their own psalms of lament while looking at it. I had one woman come up to me at a church and say um, that she had, they had lost a child and that 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 piece looked exactly like her grief process. So there's that relationship piece and giving people visual help. Um, uh, and a wonderful woman from our church who is no longer with us, who was blind, was one of the most visual people I had ever met. And um, so it's one of the gifts that's um, before us every day. Uh, and able to see the world in new and different ways, hopefully. Love that. So, Dawn, that is a perfect um, ending to our time together, and it's also a perfect segue into just a reminder that the artists who share is all about community and and giving and inclusion and all of us and the beautiful path we can make going forward if everybody's here. And so I want to thank you for being a part of that because I feel like it, it fits your mission. It, it fits your ministry to be involved in something that is about that. And so I'm so glad that you're here and your piece is gorgeous. And I, I can't wait for everyone to see it in the auction. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lori, for inviting me. Well, you are very welcome. And everyone who's listening, thank you so much for being here. And we will be back another time with another edition of Inclusive Talks. Thanks. If she's a man.